Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Brewing in China. I'm Joe Finkenbinder, the founder of Bionic Brew in Shenzhen, China. And this week, um, I sat down with Master Gao again from, uh, or Gao Yan from Master Gao Brewing. Well, I haven't been around for a while uh, since you know the last one late last year due to just being busy trying to keep up with demand and uh, you know taking care of taking care of business. But uh, I was in Shanghai and Nanjing this last weekend, scouting out some new distributors and, and accounts, and I decided to stop in some friends in Nanjing and just talk to Gao about how the industry's changed in the last year and a half or so since we last uh, spoke. Uh, on on the podcast, and also uh, was able to get some better audio equipment since we last spoke. So hopefully, um, you know, people had said you know they 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 wanted to hear more of what Gal had to say, but it was really hard to hear. And uh, hopefully, we fix that a little bit. And in this you know episode, what we talked about mostly was sort of the changes in his business. Uh, he was able to get a, a fairly large investment um, last year and scale up his production, his expand retail. And go national with his brand, and go international to some extent with his brand. And then, what other trends have we seen in the industry as far as uh, a few comparisons to the United States craft beer uh, market and the Chinese craft beer market? What we've seen with distribution and what kind of beer styles have become popular? As always, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, my email is joe at bionicbrew.com. That's J-O-E at bionicbrew.com. And email me any feedback you've got uh, or questions. I've got another show actually already in the pipeline that should be released here within the next few days uh, to answer some questions that I got when I was in the U.S. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, everybody I met in, in the business was asking me about distribution because in addition to the the, the bionic brand uh, brewery that we have I've also got the bionic distribution in Shenzhen and we've distributed for a few brands down here in the in the area and so uh, I've put together a podcast just about that to help answer some questions so stay tuned listen to Gao and uh, enjoy yourself are you listening damn All right, hi, welcome, Gal. Uh, well, thanks thank for having you. me. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, um, I appreciate you inviting me over to one of your bars in Nanjing, and uh, I've never been to Nanjing before. Jesus. So, no, I know. Right after <laughs> nearly six years in China, I've never made it to uh, one of the, the capitals of the, the country. The old country. The old country. Right. Yeah. It's really pretty, actually. Oh. Um, what, uh, give me, you know, since I've never been here before, where sh what should I see? I'm only in town for uh, a day. Nanjing has set up, established since, I think, 333 BC. So it's been over 2,000 years. And uh, historically, it has the most name in the world. The, the city has the most name in its history in the world. I what do you mean, like the name has changed? Yeah, name changed. I think 67 names in history. So they just would, you know, someone would ransack it and take it yeah, over and call it something else? It has, yeah, right. It has been the capital city of many dynasties. Mm -hmm. So every dynasty that took it over, they want to give it a new name. So, uh -huh. you, know, you know, it's like somebody took over my brewery, can I name it, 
Master. keep the equipment and change the name, <laughs> yeah, right? change the name. <laughs> so how long has it been called Nanjing? I think it's since Ming Dynasty. Since the Ming Dynasty. About 600 years ago. Then uh, it's the south capital of Ming Dynasty. They moved the capital city to Beijing. They named Beijing, Beijing. Because of the north. Yeah, it's north capital. Then uh, Qing Dynasty took over Ming Dynasty. They kept, uh, no, they changed the name to Jiangning. Mm -hmm. Then by the time uh, Kuomintang took over power of China and the capital in Nan Nanjing again, they renamed it back to Nanjing. What's the significance of Nanjing? Like, why was it? Why has it been here for two thousand years and been so important? Uh, geographically, it's located at the uh, bend of Yangtze River. If you look at the map of Nan Nanjing, it's right at where the river bends. It, the river went from south to north. Then in Nanjing, it bends towards east. Mm. So, in, uh, in other words, is a defense system to protect people from north and west. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was traditionally, I mean, long before Shanghai was super popular in Nanjing. Uh, was Shanghai was not even there when that Nanjing was here. Right. Yeah. Wow. And it's just an hour, I think it took me an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes or something to get here from Shanghai. Oh, uh, yeah. The trend is, it's about, i say it's about 300 kilometers away from Shanghai. Right. But Along the, the river. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. And the town's really nice. And we're in... So I also want to ask, ask you about the significance of, uh, of uh, 1912. Because mm. your brewery has been around a while. You've mm. got a few tap rooms, uh, two tap rooms, I guess, right? Right. And they're both in 1912 area. Right. What is 1912? Uh, this area is the first bar area set in Nanjing. I would say before 1912 area was set up, Nanjing is a very poor nightlife scene. So you don't see many bars. Wow. So ever since 1912 is set up, uh, so they, uh, they, they gather a lot of bars in this area. So it's the first bar or nightlife district of Nanjing. And uh, it's called 1912 because it's set right behind the pre presidential palace. You can see through our windows, presidential palace there. Presidential yeah. palace, was the uh, where the you know Republic of China mm -hmm. was established or it was found, founded in 1912. Okay. And their capital city was in Nanjing. Their pre their president, who is uh, Sun Yat-sen, his his office is right across that wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well. You 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 should pay a visit right after this interview. Go over to the <laughs> museum or. Yeah, it's uh. You know, it's a nice setting. That place has been used by, uh, by Taiping rebellions mm -hmm. as, their, as their capital. Right. Then uh, Qing, Qing Dynasty, uh, the government took it back. Then, come, then Kuomintang, they took it back. So they used that place as their uh, central office. Okay. And so while I'm here, I mean, other than stopping by the museum, is there anything I should check out? Uh, on the tourist attraction, Master Gao's Brewery listed as number three place you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here now, all right. And uh, there's a Fuchi Mill Temple area. Mm. That's where all the, uh, in old time, like uh, 100 year, years ago, one people needs to pass exam in order to get a position in government. Mm. All the students in the south area, they come to Nanjing to take, to take that exam. So before they took the exam, there's a temple for 
Confucius. So all the students have to worship him first. I hope they pray that they yeah, pass that test. Yeah, yeah. So they pray and they want to be glory to their family. So it's a big area. Okay, I'll check it out. Well, I mean, so we talked a little bit, I don't know, it was maybe a year and a half ago, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And um, I just kind of... You want to cut your cigarette, man. I wanted to um, catch up with you because a lot's changed since we talked last yeah, time. Yeah, big change. In the, in the Chinese craft beer industry, mm-hmm. man. And, uh, you know, you've expanded, mm-hmm. I think. So tell me about what you've been up to in the last year and a half as far as expanding on your, your production, your retail, your distribution. Uh. Before, like in 2016, by the end of 2016, we got an investment um, by this group. Who are their beer lovers as well? So uh, by that time, uh, before that time, I think we're pretty much just like you guys. We're a bunch of brewers and slackers and drinkers. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't pay much attention to our business expansion. So since we got the investment, we built our... uh, our national distribution channel. So it took us a year to brought us from very radical, no, I say very leisure sales to yeah. some radical growth. Uh, now we have about 5,000 venues selling our beer in China. Yeah. And now our beer has, has exported to, to America. So I think... Where are you at in America? Any particular state? Or? I think... This importer, they got reps in all of their states. Okay, so it's a large as U.S. A, distributor. It's a large, and um, our feedback is that a lot of interest. But the uh, beer has not arrived yet. Okay. I think now it's at the custom. So has it been a, is it, I've never exported to the United States. Is it a pain in the butt or what? To uh, no, it's pretty much, pretty much easy because uh, this importer is very professional in importing other beers. They have, they They represent a lot of global craft beers mm-hmm. in the United States. So I look at their product line, there are about 40 brands there. Okay. So I'm happy to be one of the 40. Are you the only uh, Chinese craft brewery in that in that portfolio there? I think we're the only one in the United States. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just at, uh, I just, a couple weeks ago, I was at CBC in Nashville, and um, there was a lot of brewers there. I think there were over 14,000 attendees, and... They, I want to say they said there were about 7,000 breweries in the U.S. now. Yeah. And I met uh, quite a lot of people. And there was a big uh, contingent from China that came over. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I went. Uh, I know some other guys from Shenzhen, Beijing, Shanghai. Like mm-hmm. They all went and kind of tested what was over there and, and saw it. And then there was a week after the CBC, mm-hmm. China has its version of, of a craft beer event, right? Mm-hmm. Um, industry event. I didn't go to that one. Did you go? No, I didn't go to that one. No? Too oh, yeah. busy? No, I just despise them. <laughs> despise them? Why would yeah, they do? Yeah, because, uh, you know, their events always sponsored by uh, non-craft breweries who call themselves craft breweries. Just yeah. For, uh, just for that, I despise them. I think it should be event of our own. Yeah, I did notice a big difference. I mean, at least in the... Uh, I didn't go to the, the one in Shanghai, but I, I saw all the advertisements and, of course, was invited to go. Mm. And um, the, the CBC, which was the first time I'd ever been to the, the U.S., craft brew conference was very independently focused right right, right? they were um you know, to the core that was what it was all about right and uh, i didn't get the same sort of feeling from the the chinese one yeah it's, it's it's you know the host of the events they need money to cover their event cost right right and the only one who have for the cost to cover the cost are the large breweries or big guys and, right. uh, you know people like us 
we'll probably never be able to cover that many costs. It should be like over millions, that event. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, we have our own event, like uh, the event we, have, we are going to have at CBB. And what is CBB? Uh, China, blah, <laughs> and uh, Brew, and China Iowa. something. There's so many CBs. <laughs> China Brewing Equipment. And, oh, uh, it's like a trade show, right? Yeah, they, they've been there quite long, but they, were, they, they, were, they had nothing about craft brewing because craft brewing was not there in China. Mm-hmm. They probably had been in market for 20 years. And uh, since 2016, we're invited to be their co-host. We, we host our craft, craft beer ses- session of the display. Mm-hmm. So I think you and the Nick were there. Yeah, I know. I yeah. came to that. Is it? Uh, but I didn't go last year. Was it every other year? Or? It's every other year. Oh, okay. La- last year, we had it in Nanjing, where the band, the B-Rock, mm-hmm. I don't even come. And a lot of people came, had a great time. But that was just craft beer. Yeah, that was just no industry equipment. No, no, there is a there is a equipment section and craft beer section. So there are two halls. So this year gonna we're gonna gonna be together again. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna attach because our our craft beer expo we call craft beer expo, Mm. which is CBE. Uh, uh, it's uh, it, it, it it's always attached to CBB, mm-hmm. but then because their events every other year, so we had an independent mm-hmm. event a year ago. It was held in Nanjing. That was pretty successful. We had about ten thousand people came, and it's not very busy, but uh, all the elites came. All the like the the better known brewers. Yeah, brands. you know the people who didn't come like you. <laughs> yeah. You probably just <laughs> we didn't make it. <laughs> Last year was a term t- tumultuous year for us with yeah, uh, sh- I, shutdowns of the brewery. I, yeah, I and, it's uh, a tough time. It was a tough time until you can get that big investment and, yeah. and expand. So you expanded distribution. I mean, yeah, all over. Yeah, yeah. And besides the distribution, we built a brand new brewery. You know, in Tonling. Tonling is where we are bottling our beer now. Mm-hmm. But their fermenters are too big, so we, so we, so we built a. Uh, we built a 500, wait on a second, 500 hectoliter match system. Five, 50 hectoliter or 500 wait hectoliter? Wait a second. 5,000 liters. 5,000, yeah, yeah. 50 hectoliter. 50 hectoliter match system and a hundred confusing? Hectoliter. You guys do it different in China, the way you measure volume. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it, it's all confusing. I got lost once go over five digits. I don't know how to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so you built so you built it you you basically put in new fermenters yeah fermenters and uh we, we got a canning line a new small you know wild goose canning line mm-hmm. so now we have more flexibility when we come to more hand craft beer which goose canning line did you get wild goose wild you, goose. wild goose yeah. yeah and you got uh um the, the fermenters where they were 50 hectoliter or 100 hectoliter a uh, hundred hectoliters. So you basically the brew house is half the size of the fermenters. Oh and yeah, you just yeah, double yeah, batch yes, brew. Yes. And then we have ten fermenters. Uh, out of ten, two party tanks. Mm-hmm. So so it'll help us to uh, brew more kegs for our brewery, like our our tab rooms. And now we're selling kegs in the market as well. So kegs, cans, and bottles. Yes. Before we had only bottles. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, one product like jasmine tea lark was canned but now we have like this when you're drinking holy devil mm-hmm. 
Berland, Heroic Water. Yeah, you have a lot. I mean, you've got the old school style uh, pull tops, which are, I, I think, cool to see because you see them in China. You don't see them anywhere else anymore, but right. the pull tops are still widely used here. Mm -hmm. And then heat shrink wrapped cans. Yeah. Um, right. It's, you know, it's the best we can do. I hope the supply chain will improve so we can have more varieties to put out. Yeah, I mean, we've got to work with what we got. We don't have all the fancy. I know that one, you know, I was uh, going to CBC. Uh, it's you know you kind of see all the toys people get to play with uh, mm. in the U.S. market, and there was a lot of stuff. And I talked to a lot of suppliers, and and I said, hey, you know, this is who I am. I'm, I'm in China. Do you have products available in China? And a lot of them are like, no, we, we make it in the U.S. We make mm. it in Canada. We make it in Europe. Right. So we, we don't have access to it yet. Because the demand is not big enough for them to sell in China. You know, yeah. like I remember I talked to Chris White. Mm -hmm. You know, the founder of White Labs. Mm -hmm. This was about five years ago, maybe six years ago. He wants to know if we can sell their yeast in China. Because we, 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 we have a demand for their yeast. But, you know, selling our yeast will be a different story because I don't know anybody elsewhere buy our yeast in China. Yeah, I mean, they put the office in Hong Kong. I saw yeah. Chris White uh, the other a couple weeks ago as well. We didn't talk so much about it, mm -hmm. but I did, you know, he had mentioned still interest in putting something on the mainland, but I don't think... Right. It, I, I think now is a good time, but still, the, the demand is relatively smaller compared to that of the United States. Yeah, I mean, just the brew house size are a lot smaller. There, yeah. I think there are a lot of breweries popping up, but most of them are um, contract or just brands brewing on contract. No, I say they're about... 300 small breweries? No. No, but uh, most of them, they use the dry yeast. Mm -hmm. They don't, there is not a big requirement for the uh, liquid yeast or the... They don't know they, about the difference or they don't think there's a difference or... They only brew three or four beers, uh -huh. maybe six top. I think they don't need that many varieties of yeast. Right. Uh, but I think that will change. The, the, mar the market is growing. And uh, if Chris White is listening to this podcast, <laughs> I'm telling him, I'm telling you, this is the best time to get your yeast in China. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think uh, they are actively looking into it. I mean, I remember talking to Joanne, and, and, mm -hmm. and they, they seem to really be interested and keen on it. I know they did go to the CBCE. Is that the, what it's called? The, the one in Shanghai? The one in Shanghai, yeah. Did they? Yeah, I heard that they, uh, that they went to okay. that one. Mm -hmm. um, and I know I bump into them all the time at different events in China. They mm -hmm. seem to spend a lot of time over mm -hmm. here. But so in addition to the, the you've scaled up production pretty big, you've also got this new retail spot we're sitting in, mm -hmm. um, which is a big, fairly large brew pub. It's uh, about 1,000 uh, square foot. 1,000 square foot. Yeah. And what kind of brew? What is what size brew house you got in there? This is a five hectoliter mass and a fermenter. So this is the one you play on, make like random small batches, and then take them over to the big one when you want. Ah uh, yes, we have a we have a scale up system. You know our scale up system goes to from fifty liter. Now this one five hundred liter. We have a two thousand liter, then uh, fifty thousand liter. Five thousand liter. Yeah, <laughs> I got. The, you know, We're got, not that big yet. I got five thousand liters, two thousand liters. Yeah. Then our then we have a uh, ten thousand liters. Mm -hmm. Then our bottling fermenter is like uh, sixteen thousand liters. 
as like 2,000 Ks per batch. So now it's huge. Yeah. yeah. But you moved through it pretty quick. Because uh, uh, now we, we're, we're not selling fast enough, but uh, I think it's very important to get, to get ready because you never know when is the point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you want to, exactly, you don't want to start, you know, putting in a new brewery when you already need it. You want to be a little bit ahead of the ball. Yes, right? and uh, God prefer the prepared mind. <laughs> <laughs> so what trends, so you, you, that's a trend you're seeing. You think it's a, this year, maybe next year, is really going to start to kick off? Uh, I think by end of this year, every beer brewed in China will label themselves craft beer. You know, Why not? Because there's no regulation. And the trades, the trade society is not strong enough. It didn't have the strong voice in the industry. You know, trade society like uh, the one that we have, CBAC, mm -hmm. C B A C. <laughs> uh, that one, you know, it's a group of breweries, but we 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 don't have a strong organization skill. Well, how many how many breweries are in the in the CBAC now? I think now we have seventy. If we want to expand, we should have like two hundred easy. Uh, just like now, like. Nobody wants to say anything. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, every, every organization needs a, a leader. Um, mm. And I think a lot of us are running our own businesses to the mm. point that it's kind of tough to lead on another front. I mean, we're going to do our part to help for this year's beer festival in mm -hmm. Shenzhen, the, the one that Bionic puts on. We've, getting, we've already gotten a few applications from people, and some of them I've, I've never heard of their breweries. And I don't know if they're good or bad. And so what I've decided to do is just say, um, you know, Members if you've never zone. been in it before, mm -hmm. then you need to be a member of CBAC. Right. So that way we yeah, can yeah, verify. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Because we, uh, we certify members. We have some criteria, some criteria yeah. to show, like, you have to be certain standards to be a member. And uh, I think that would be a good guideline. What are the criteria to be a member? The size and references. You, mm -hmm. have, you need to, like... If you if you apply, we're gonna pu we'll publish your name in the group. If anybody in the group don't think you're a crab brewery or you're not good enough to be a crab brewery, mm -hmm. so being a crab brewery, you have to be like brewing good beer, good morality, and this and that. So if anybody ob objects, mm -hmm. you won't be a member. That's good. I mean, no. it, the, the, the market in China is huge and it's diverse, mm. so it's kind of hard to just take someone at face value a lot mm. of times, so you do have to get references. Right. So um. we try to make this society as elite as we can, but uh, at the same time, we want to expand the group to, to as many as we can. So it's controversy, but, uh, but uh, you know. Well, I mean, it's definitely, um, I think they'll be going quickly over the next year. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can tell, like, this year we expand, we can do 200 members easily. What do you, what sort of, uh, as far as, like, so there's a, there's a huge growth in the number mm -hmm. of brands. What about um, beers? Have you seen any difference in, like, beer styles or? or uh, there are a lot of improvements in the past two years. Like, for example, just us, we have more of Varieties, because we've got better equipments. Mm -hmm. We have more suppliers in China, like yeast, hops, grain, mm -hmm. malt. Uh, so the uh, suppliers are here, and uh, that gives us possibility to brew more, more beer. And there are more craft beer drink drinkers that are looking for new varieties. So that give us the the motion or the mo. That that gave us the mo mo motivation. <laughs> I feel like a couple of years ago, and and maybe even as 
earlier this year, it was all about everyone was trying to brew or buy IPAs. Right. But now I've seen a bit of a, in, at least in my own market of Guangdong, hmm. more people are focusing on lighter stuff now. Yeah, uh, I feel that trend as well, but that's not so obvious in China because it's still new. They're still chasing whatever is out of fat in the United States. Right. Uh, it, that, that's what I heard from our distributor in the United States as well. They, they told, told me, don't give us anything IPA. Because uh, people stay away from IPA these days. Yeah, that's, they've had a bit too much of it, I think. You know, you, you know our, f- our baby IPA, our first bottled ba- one, mm-hmm. uh, they told us, don't call it baby IPA. You can call it baby fat. <laughs> Just change the name. Get, get rid of the uh, IPA. Well, it was always a lighter IPA anyways. I mean, oh, yeah, was... but, but still, people just stay away. Oh, IPA, strong, bitter. Yeah. I've seen a huge increase in cider. We even started making cider. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we started too, and the fruity beer. Yeah. Big, big, big increase in fruity beer, because people still want the drinkability. You remember like two years, maybe three years ago, people want to go to high alcohol yeah. content. Yeah, everyone 7%, 8%. Uh, and... uh, no, like... Forty percent, fifty percent. Well, there was that one. Yeah, when the yeah. So, but but the but the drinkability is, it's not it's not there. Mm-hmm. And people make super hot, hoppy beer. The drinkability is low. So that uh, that will prevent us from selling a lot, mm-hmm. and the beer will turn bad quickly. So we don't want to do that. And you know what I no- notice in America, there are a lot of barrel aged stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a fashion or trend or a fad. I, so my point is people has, like human being, has spent hundreds of years to make the beer not sour. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> no, you want to be sour again. I'm personally a fan <laughs> of sours. I do like sours. Yes. We, we haven't made one in a while, but we did uh, once. And I'm saying, but again, it's the drinkability. Yeah. Sour beer has its own texture, has its own... I know see, Great know. Leap has got a barrel program at their little Great Wall Brewery. Uh, we we have a barrel program as well. If you talk to Mitch, Mitch says we got about twenty barrels. Yeah, I want to talk to Mitch tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully, before different I... like styles, barley wines, rice wine. But still, the people that well, the things that people are ordering are more like lighter stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. People still like uh, our best selling beer here. Mm. Uh, Baby IPA has been the best selling for over the past two years, mm. three years. But since January, our 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 Osmentis Payal uh, become the best selling beer because it's easy to drink, it's light, blah blah. I don't think I've tried it yet. Yeah, you're gonna try. It. Oh. And our our Imperial Style was the third best selling. On the on the other hand, it's the third best selling. <laughs> well, pretty good range. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Shanghai yesterday and um, or for two days, and it's uh, there's craft everywhere mm. there was a lot of but it seems to be consolidating a little bit the the mm. taps um were all owned by the breweries themselves or mm. distributors and so um getting something new in the market i i was actually asked today somebody asked me because i've got the distribution company you know about distributing their product in mm. china and i said no there's no way i mean there's there's uh far too many people trying to come in without enough resources to really do it right and then they all go to shanghai first mm. which right. um it's kind of there's not enough venues to handle all the beer trying to come across the border. Mm. Um, so, you know, I told them, like, if you really want to sell beer in China, you should probably open up your own bar in China. Right. And, and that. 
I've seen a lot of import brands in the past five years. They came and go. Mm -hmm. You see, like we have seen uh, a lot of brand names. You probably do too. American, European, the uh, Australia. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of brand names. They come and go. They usually stay here for six months or a year. Then they left. Right. When they first came, people were people were very excited. Mm -hmm. But then they just forgot about them. Cause Why the, is that? Because the new one. They are newer ones. Oh, so they're more just you know seeking out the, right. the newest greatest. Right. Thing. So the so the crab drinkers because they they're still they're still look looking for different tastes, different variety. Mm -hmm. So the new ones always covered by newer ones. And the newer ones always take the new ones places. Right. So <clears throat> the only one that stays, I say, is Brewdock. I hear they're building something in China yeah. now. Yeah, Brewdock has been here, you know, 10 years. They've been here a while. Yeah, a while. I probably they were, they, they were the first. Yeah, I remember seeing them in Beijing in 2011. Yeah, so, so, so I think they were the first uh, besides Belgian beers, right? Belgian beer is still doing well today in China because they were here in 2007. And the flavors work well with the pa local palate so far. I, I disagree, but because uh, they have been here long enough. You just think that people are just loyal to the brand? People, usually it's the only beer they could get access to. Right. And uh, Brew, Brewdog, the same. People know the brand name, and uh, they, they have had it for a long time. People will talk about it. Then for the new ones, there are a lot of new ones. They come and go, come and go, come and go. But at the same time, there are a lot of local new breweries uh, growing up. Mm -hmm. So I think people, eventually, they will, they will understand craft brew is all about local. That's what I mean. That's what I've been preaching to people. And and I, I had when I was at CBC, I was I was fortunate enough to meet a lot of um, mm. you know, famous and really really good brewers. Mm. And uh, they have beer in China. Um, mm. And I, I told them, you know, like I've had your beer before in um, the home market, whether you know these are Europeans or American brewers, and it's fantastic. But I have yet to try it in China, and it and actually was worth the ten dollars I paid for it. Um, because of the the import process or distribution process mm. or whatever has really beaten up that that product, so I think that unfortunately, if you want something that tastes good, you almost gonna have to go local. Uh, right, and if you go local, it will help you a big time in marketing and yeah and everything. I I think there's gonna be a push. I know I heard p people talking about wanting foreign brewers trying to set up breweries in China, mm. so that way they can make you know circumvent the tax and circumvent mm. the. Um, the uh, quality problems mm. that they have, uh, but I haven't seen anybody do it yet. Except yeah. Stone's got that brew pub. Yeah, coming. I think building a brewery in China is a big com commitment to show people that we're here, we're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, in other, uh, so if they want to do good, they need to invest more in quality control, the shipping, the marketing, you know, a lot of things. So how do we handle that? So, you know, for uh, this, uh, I bring this up because last night a, a brewer in Shanghai asked me this question. He said, what are you going to, so at our beer festival, right, you um, only have the local Chinese breweries made with Chinese water, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, well, what do you do when Stone starts making their beer in Shanghai? Are mm -hmm. they included? And I said, well, I don't think so. I mean, they're an American brewery, even though it's made here. Uh, our, what's your opinion? Seaback membership said any breweries in the world yeah can be a member of seaback if they have a sales office or a entity registered in china 
They don't have to make it in China. They just have to. No, they, they don't have to make it in China. Okay. So we try to be international. That's good. That's inclusive. Yeah. So, but I, but one, but again, like I'm saying, like if Stone wants to have a brewery in China, and they are lo, they are local, they're brewed in China. They hire Chinese staffs. You know, mm -hmm. they sell their customers, everything. So why not? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, they're they're yeah. they're definitely helping out the mm -hmm. the the local the, right. brewers in some way, right? Right. They're gonna bring more raw materials and everything. I saw them. They they were um, pretty popular for a couple months ago. I feel like, and I haven't seen them as much as at least in the the mm -hmm. Shenzhen market as I saw a few months back. I don't know. This is exactly what I said. Uh, they came in as a fad mm -hmm. because their target group is only craft beer lovers. And these group of people, they always seek for something new. Mm -hmm. So today is stone, tomorrow could be Sammy Island. Mm -hmm. Then blah, blah. Could right. be new Belgian, new blah, blah. Right. <coughs> and uh, the list goes on and on. There are 7,000 breweries in the United States, right? And there's good ones <laughs> in other countries too, right? So yes, yeah, we've right. got them all coming right. in. So, so, so it will go on and on. So it's a matter of which, which market you hit right on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think they will stay in China. For long. For long. If they only go by the market today. Hmm. So I'm saying, like, if you want to do something in China, you're going to come to China and make a commitment. Stay here. Yeah. That's, I, I've, I've told people the exact same thing. And it's not a one-year, two-year, three-year. It's a 10-year right. plus. Stone, Stone could be excited by the first two months' sales. Hmm. Then the, the market will drop. So it, it, it'll happen to, to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much like when Budweiser first came to China, they suffered a big loss for the first 10 years. Mm -hmm. Then they just just made it back. Right. Yeah, it's a big com commitment. Yeah, and, and uh, there's been a few upsets in the craft beer industry mm -hmm. recently. I saw that uh, Great Leap lost their number 12 brew pub mm -hmm. and, uh, to landlord issues, and then Jing A lost their flagship brew pub as uh, well. Yeah. Uh, Beijing's tough. Beijing's a different story. Yeah, government is making changes to the city, uh, but everyone else is making great pro progress. Right. You know, there are a lot of places. There are new breweries open up and new bars opening every day mm -hmm. in every city in China. So if you look at Beijing, it's kind of sad, but if you look out elsewhere, it's doing great. Mm. Well, I, you're actually getting ready to go uh, grab a flight uh, out of Pudong to head to Germany. I want to ask you about that before we mm. get off. I know that you've got a jet soon. So mm. why are you going to Germany? Uh, this event is, invented, uh, is, is invited by European Union. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a public relationship event by, the, uh, I, I guess, some sort of hopgerers event. So they want to introduce us to the German-produced hops. Mm -hmm. And as I know, American hops was getting big in craft beer market, and Germany is trying to get it back. Yeah. So, so I think there's a battle there. Uh, Germany has always been one of the biggest hop grower country in the world, but they are not as strong in craft brewing as the United States. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good movement, you know, to try to get it back who i saw a quick list of your your itinerary and uh, I'm, I'm envious i spent i went to university and lived in germany for yeah. a few years and uh, you're definitely going to some nice spots are you going by yourself or are there any other brewers coming uh, we have a group of 11 people and uh, from the list i know three or four of us mm -hmm. so they are 
some of them are very famous brewers in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been in the industry over 30 years. And some of them are very, they're holding a very key position in big breweries. Mm-hmm. So I know three or four, and I, so I assume the rest of them are, are as good as they, these four. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I said we keep it to 30 minutes, and we're right. at 33. So anything awesome. left before we... Uh, uh, I want to ensure, I want to recommend you a couple of beers, and it's just put on tap. What do you recommend? And uh, when people come to Nanjing, they can come in here and try them, too. Uh, there's a Three House IPA, and again, it's IPA. <laughs> uh, our 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 Arthamanthus Pale, uh-huh. you gotta try it. It's dry hot with the uh, dry Arthamanthus flowers, and our traditional beers like Baby IPA, Jasmine Tea Lager. You probably have had it, and uh, any of that. We have a lot of new ones. Like right? well, I'm looking forward to. We're def- definitely gonna open those, and I'm also. Uh, excited about the collab we're going to do uh oh, later yeah. this month and i don't it's not probably going to make it to the united states but mm. um it's still going to be available in the china market hopefully right. uh, hopefully it'll make it to the united states one day you never maybe know. <laughs> yeah you never know um, we 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 did a collab with nebraska brewing co- company last last september oh yeah and that beer showed up at our bar <laughs> we know it's exciting that was exciting yeah i had some of their stuff in shenzhen but not the one you did with them i think it was their um their pills and their pale ale was available right, in the right, Shenzhen right. market. And their Hefeweizen. I didn't try that one. Yeah, I, they had Hefeweizen. pretty good. Our collab beer is called Panyo. Panyo. Woman Panyo. Yeah, which means friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Right. Let's, uh, let's help crack those beers open. Yeah, sure. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Man. That's real. True shit, y'all. Fuck these fans. Redneck. Racist motherfuckers. I don't wanna run. Run no more, but I know that if I stop, I'll be another nigga headed to heaven hanging with pop. These motherfuckers look at me like I'm a slanger Making threats to my family, dog. I'm in danger Who do you call when these agents want you dead? And they hit these penitentiaries and niggas make a pledge So I dip and duck the fed All my homies stuck out on indictments Caught up on the phone talking prices Hello? 25 to life's the mandatory minimum My whole community gets treated like they're criminals Frank and bitches getting motherfuckers hung Gotta see out on the inside and everybody's song. Mothers and fathers separated from their sons Households are broken, you couldn't hold your tongue If it's yours, say it's yours, take the case, do your time You was out here getting money from it, everything was fine Now you're crying in your jail cell, stressing on the case And the DA's at a nigga every other day I can see it in your face, in the middle of your soul You in question of your manhood, homie Keep it cold. We don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond We don't trust in the judicial system, we shoot guns We rely on the streets, we do battle in the hood I was born in the G-code, embedded in my blood we don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond We ain't trusting in the judicial system, we shoot guns We rely on the streets, we do battle in the hood I was born in the G-code, embedded in my blood See, I be on some street shit, don't talk to police I won't accept a visit from agents who wanna see If I got shit to say about a nigga case I'm a motherfucking nigga through and through, I ain't gay Know a nigga caught a case and he took his 25 Set it out on the pill and gave it back that time A soldier in his mind and his actions said the same Told a cracker, tell your mammy, suck his dick and see what James, ain't no motherfucking game, we been living this for real, when the government is working real, niggas never squeal, right here the truth reveal, Troy you a mouse, yeah you rapping but the homie Lil Pots can't get out, niggas they hit the pen, they get charged, they get out.
out on a rule 35. He informing for the cops. You can hear it in his voice. I listen to the tapes. Now you showing up in court, testifying for the state. We don't talk to police. We don't make a peace bond. We don't trust in the judicial system. We shoot guns. We rely on the streets. We do battle in the hood. I was born in the G code, embedded in my blood. We don't talk to police. We don't make a peace bond. We ain't trusting in the judicial system. We shoot guns. We rely on the streets. We do battle in the hood. I was born in the G code, embedded in my blood. I'm knowing all the scams, all the tricks to the trade. Know a nigga trying to get clean and you get in the way. Know a nigga trying to get green and you stick out the bait. Cause a nigga like a dope fiend can't rehabilitate. Still we stick it to the G code. We play it by the rules. We don't fuck around with new niggas cause new niggas is fools. We don't photograph the homies that'll catch a nigga up. On a picture you a victim, bottom line nigga fuck. Only connect with real, staying down with the truth. I got love for you, man. You a real nigga spook. My nigga Spoonie G, I can only name a few. But it's a thousand motherfuckers in the pen bulletproof. So this one here for you, I'ma rep it till I die. Fuck a 5K1, check his PSI. Send his ass to the top if he say he's sitting home. He a motherfucking snitch, snitching niggas need a song. We don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond. We don't trust in the judicial system, we shoot guns. We rely on the streets, we do battle in the hood. I was born in the G-Code, embedded in my blood. We don't talk to police, we don't make a peace bond. We ain't trusting in the judicial system, we shoot guns. We rely on the streets, we do battle in the hood. I was born in the G-Code, embedded in my blood. We don't talk to police. We rely on the street store. Say me don't talk to police.